Welcome back to More Than Running with Dana Giordano. This week's episode is sponsored by Inside Tracker. Have you ever wondered how you can be healthier, faster, and feel better? Inside Tracker is a data-driven platform that uses blood test results to give you recommendations that are personalized to you. I've used Inside Tracker for two years now and I've made some major changes in my diet. I had more fish, oatmeal, and leafy greens to tackle some low biomarkers. This week, Inside Tracker launched an iOS app so you can have your recommendations on the go. And speaking of food, I'm so excited to introduce this week's guest, Emma Abrahamson. Emma is a full-time content creator. She is a popular food Instagram account, One Craze Foodie, a thriving YouTube channel, and is constantly sharing her life's ups and downs in Portland. While attending the University of Oregon, Emma started blogging her time there, and the rest is history. On this week's episode, we talk about the pressures of a social media public presence, her pandemic mental health journey, and how she's already kicked off her New Year's resolutions. I've definitely been inspired to do the same after this episode. Emma speaks the truth, and I'm inspired by how she is growing the popularity of the sport of running in an authentic way. So welcome to my friend, Emma. Welcome back to the More Than Running podcast with me, your host, Dana Giordano. I have a very special guest today, Miss Emma Abrahamson. Welcome, Emma. Oh my gosh, you don't know how excited I am to be on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I almost wanted to start it off by saying like, what up fellas, but it felt wrong. It still feels wrong when I say it, so <laughs> I, I always make people at the end of my podcast say it too, and they're like, um, okay, what, <laughs> peace out fellas. I'm like, I'm sorry, I know it's cringe. For the guests that don't know, you are... I would probably say like the definition of like a content creator. You have a podcast, you do YouTube, Instagram, you have your podcast is Convos Over Cold Brew. You have One Crazed Foodie, which, and you really started all of this in college. So I kind of want to give the listeners a little bit of background because my feedback that I've gotten for my pod is that I nerd out because I know a little bit too much about everyone. So I want to I want to take it back to you've been doing this for about uh, three years, right? Man, you know your stuff. Yeah, it's been three years. I basically started. I started with Instagram. I started my food Instagram like four years ago ish, but I didn't really start posting on it until three years ago. Around the same time, I started my YouTube channel my senior year of college, just kind of documenting like my. It was like a vlog, and I just kind of documented my student athlete experience. Um, yeah, and it may, I mean, it's just branched off into, like, a bunch of different stuff. I, like, retired from running a couple months after I started my YouTube channel and then um, have really, like, dived into the food stuff because I'm very passionate about that. So I'm also still very passionate about the running world, too. So I've, like, I don't know, I do commentaries of my old race videos and I've, like, gone to track meets and interviewed people, like, been in the media tent. Like, my YouTube channel is honestly just mumbo-jumbo <laughs> type of stuff. Um, as well as like, I'm still training, uh, for triathlon now. So now I'm like documenting that experience, but then, yeah, I have the podcast too, which I started this year doing during quarantine, which has been fun. But yeah, I I would definitely classify myself as a content creator. Some people call me an influencer, but that makes me cringe a little bit too hard. So I usually go the content creator route. (laughs) I know. I think there's this whole world of content creation that I just recently started look you know really understanding like how truly big it is 
And I feel like within the running world, there's these YouTube personalities. And there's like you, there's a couple other guys that have started to do it. And it feels like the people who started at college, you guys have really been able to capitalize on this wave of people just like, I mean, I know when I was in college, I would have loved to see someone documenting their time in another school. Do you find that your audience is, do you know who your audience is? Is it more like younger kids? Is it more older people? Like, who is coming to you? Yeah, so I really, like, did not know anything about who my audience was when I first started. And the first time I realized who it was was when I went to NXN on a Nike media trip in at the end of 2018. So about two years ago, like, to date. I, I went to this high school national meet and I realized that my audience was predominantly high school girls. Maybe that's just like the people that came up and said hello. Maybe that's just because I was at like a high school nationals, but I swear almost every single high school girl that was racing at that meet came up and like said, oh my gosh, I watch your videos. It's like, I don't see people day to day who watch my videos in like normal life. It's just very specific to runners and then now I think as like people have gotten older I think it's a lot of like college people maybe recent grads like me a lot of people around my age I mean I'm 24 so I would say 18 to 24 year old females is like my dominant audience but I definitely like when I first started I it it was so funny because there are like only other running YouTube guys on there and for some reason I just decided to start a I honestly feel like I'm so deep in the running world but like I don't know how this all comes together with these people but you know honestly I think that as a professional runner there's been a lot of push from like the sponsorship side of like oh you need to share more like people want to know like there's this appetite and on the professional running side everyone's like well it's kind of the same stuff. Like you go to training camp, you post pictures, you know, there's not a lot of creativity in the content. Where do you look at professional runners and say like, okay, if you guys did this, people would be more interested. Everyone, if they have the capacity should start documenting on social media. And I know a lot of like, especially the older runners, like professional runners don't really play that much into social media and they don't really see the benefit of it. One of the biggest things has just been like seeing the potential of like being able to live off of this income if you want to run professionally. Mm-hmm. Like I recommend anyone <laughs> that wants to like be a professional runner and kind of continue this long term to start like posting on social media, whether that be YouTube, which I find has like the biggest leverage in this situation because I think people can get a better like viewpoint on who you really are compared to like Instagram or something. TikTok is definitely good too, because you can just see a little bit more, but like Instagram, it's a little bit harder just because it's like still photos most of the time. It's getting better though. But um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. Like the power of social media is just crazy. And I think it's something that the world really needs to like be up to date with because it can not only like, I don't know, help each individual kind of grow their own brand, but it helps the sport in general. Like even just, from like when me and a couple other like two other guys that come to mind started our YouTube channels back in like 2017. The running YouTube world has grown so much and just like the fan base of what people watching has grown so much. And I think it's just shown me the power of social media, like being able to grow the sport as a whole and how powerful it is. I just really think that like anyone who has like an outgoing personality, I mean, you can be an introvert too, but like being open and like kind of sharing the ups and downs of a running career is really, really intriguing to a lot of people. And you don't even need to be a pro runner. You can be anyone. I mean, I wasn't 
the best of the best. I was like, yeah, I ran for Oregon, but I was like, I don't know, number five to number seven on our cross country team. I never made it to NCAAs and trap. But like people were just still intrigued to see like the training, like the highs and the lows that came along with like being a runner. And I don't know, I just had just like found it to be so powerful for so many reasons and just to help grow our sport in general. So. Yeah. What you said before about the high school girls approaching you, like very much resonated with me because one of the things that I've seen and I talk about a lot in this podcast, the sport and professional running and high school girls don't. And I remember like when I was a high school girl, like one of the reasons I always say this is why I cared about the higher levels of running is because I had a male coach and I needed something to talk to him about. And there wasn't a lot of like female role models in my life that I thought were also interested in the thing that I were interest, I was interested in. So I think it's really cool that there's these younger girls who are like looking at you, looking at other people being like, oh, wow, I, I really want to know what they're doing and potentially want to be them. I feel like this living the dream concept has almost been reserved for the high school boy, the, you know, certain pathway. Do you agree? I, I do agree. And it's, I think TikTok has really helped because I've seen a lot of like female creators like, like you. And then there's younger high school girls that are also starting to like pop up on my for you page, you know, when I scroll through TikTok um, that are becoming like content creators in the running world. And that's something I've really lacked seeing on my YouTube like feed. I don't know what it is, but there's a mm-hmm. lot more guys making YouTube videos compared to girls. Like I, I don't know, there's definitely up and comers in the female world, but it's just, crazy because I feel like maybe it's just because I started so long ago and I'm just like I don't know established myself as a running YouTuber or whatever but I just haven't seen as much influx of like running female YouTubers compared to guy female guy running YouTubers I don't know what it is but I want to see more people on YouTube more girls on YouTube so if you are a runner girl come join us (laughs) Come, come join, yeah. come join. I know if Chris Chavez gets his way and I get a vlog camera, but I, I kind of did the same thing that you did without an outlet was took a lot of content, made a lot of videos, but never really had the full confidence to be like, put it out there. Yeah. Um, where do you find that confidence that you're like, that you think that people are interested in what you have to say? And I know that that comes from different methods and you have very much a food section of what you do. And then a lot of stuff like very personal to your life. So where do you find, I think, when it's food and like things you're passionate about, it might be a little bit easier than when it's like your personal life to find that confidence. I remember like the first time I ever really opened up on my YouTube channel, it was about my struggle with body image. And that's something that um, I've talked about quite a few times on my YouTube channel and on my Instagram too. But I was so nervous to post that video because I had never talked to anyone, anyone really about it. The only person that really knew was like my sister of how bad it was and like how much I was struggling. And I don't really even know what like prompted me to post a video about it on my channel. I think I just got to the point where I was like, okay, if I'm struggling with this, like there's no way I'm alone, you know? And I just kind of took the risk. Mm-hmm. And I just remember like I, I pressed publish and I was like, oh my gosh, I have no idea what these comments are going to be like. And that video, like that probably was the most impactful video I've ever posted on my channel, just from like my, even my own standpoint, because I saw how many people resonated with the like way I was feeling and it made me upset honestly just seeing how many people also struggled with body image in the running world and I just felt like not that many people had been talking about it so when I posted that video and I got the response I did I think it just kind of gave me the the confidence I guess to post more about Mm -hmm. like my personal struggles because it really just made me feel like I was not alone and 
yeah, I don't know. It's weird to like post it to the, <laughs> the internet rather than like talking to someone about it in real life. But I think for me, it's kind of become therapeutic to like talk about <laughs> my issues and post it to the internet and have like people DM me and like have a conversations via DM and I don't know, just, just talk to people I never would have met in real life about these like hard to talk about subjects. And yeah, I think it was just taking the risk that first time that has really opened up like has opened up my entire personality and like my struggles, both my highs and my lows um, to the internet. So it's really just about taking that risk. Yeah, no, I love to see it too, because I feel the same way. So podcasts started during quarantine, started posting on TikTok during quarantine. And the whole thing is just an experiment of like what people are interested in versus what they're not. And I think it's like the classic everyone here. I don't know. You watch a couple of videos of some hardo YouTuber being like, just do it. Just put it out there. Like, what do you have to lose? Video up. That's it. That's fine. Like, it didn't work. Move on. Exactly. And I've kind of found this little, yeah, this little niche of like, you know what? I have this skill set that I kind of want to make it like as basic as possible. You know, like on TikTok, I'm like, here's how I warm up. And the response, like you said, of people being like, thank you so much. Like I never would have known, like this gave me inspiration, like get out the door. Like that's what gets me going. And I think that finding those little nuggets of people resonating with what you have to say is like super empowering. Oh, a hundred percent. And it's, it really is a giant experiment. Like when I started my YouTube channel, I had, you have to get over like the embarrassment that you feel or whatever. I remember like having to be like post on my Instagram being like, Hey guys, started a YouTube channel. And I was like, I wasn't super embarrassed because I've always been outgoing, but um, I don't know, like just getting past that barrier of embarrassment in my own like personal life of being like, hey guys, I have a YouTube channel um, was a little bit of a hurdle to get over. But once like, I don't know, you start seeing like the response from people that you never would have met in your own personal life, like you, I'm sure on TikTok, it's the same. Mm -hmm. It's like getting getting feedback from them and like having people enjoy your content. It just makes it all worth it. And you really never know like until you do it. So you might as well just, just try it. And I love your content too, because it's very helpful, especially to someone that's like trying to get into running. That's where I feel like my content, it probably isn't very helpful because mine's very like <laughs> just vlog style. I don't know. I'm not the best at giving tips. I remember when I first started my YouTube channel, like I had to post a video being like, this isn't a running tips channel because it's like, I'm not, I don't know. I feel like someone like you just does such a good job at like helping people in that way, like get into the sport and learn, I don't know, stretching, like rolling all the little things. I feel like it's, it's great. Thank you. Yeah. I think it's a funny thing too, where I think in my own personal competitive life, I'm a big hardo. So I find that it's hard for me to like give competitive people advice but it's much easier for me to give like beginners introducing them to the sport, you know, with some very basic things. But I personally like people are like, Oh, you, would you ever want to go to coaching? And I've been like, yeah, like I love coaching my middle schoolers. I coach high school as well, but like middle schoolers are my favorite, but like college coaching, like I think I'd be a terrible coach. Cause I think I'd be kind of mean be like, just do it. Like, go for it. Get after it. <laughs> Come on. You're so, already at this level. It do it. No, no slacking. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I have so much respect for uh, the coaches out there that can like really inspire everyone because I just don't think that made me. But um, to transition a little bit, but kind of on the same topic too, um, you have had like, so you've been in the spotlight for a couple of years now. Um, 
I mean, whether the spotlight ebbs and flows, depending on videos and what you're creating. Um, let's talk about quarantine because you just put out a long video about this and the past nine months have been pretty brutal for everyone, especially I think the running community without having events and races. So let's talk first about like how it impacted you like financially. This is your job is content creating mainly around events. So, or if, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, like without all the events, what went through your mind when all this started to roll, roll out? Yeah, I was extremely nervous when um, quarantine started just because a lot of my revenue, not revenue, a lot of my income did come from like going to these track events, especially last year. Like I went to a ton of different track events and was in the media tent, like covering it like a normal media person would. And, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't on salary. This was like basically just YouTube ad revenue that was was kind of um, my income for last year. And the same, like a big part of my income also comes from brand collaborations, whether that be like, it, it was, it's a lot of my food, um, my food Instagram and like food YouTube videos. A lot of it comes from like brand sponsorships. So they sponsor a post or a video. And obviously with like quarantine happening, um, a lot of like the marketing budget were freezing because obviously people aren't like able to work as much and i was so nervous because i just didn't know what was going to happen i'm sure like a lot of other people were and i would just say like my mindset shifted a lot this year i definitely took a step back from youtube which was a big like switch from last year but i was like very grateful because there wasn't that much freeze on like the brand sponsorship side of things, especially for my food stuff. So I really went hard on the food stuff this year. It was just like a lot of adaptation, mm -hmm. I guess, but it was just like, I, I don't know. That was probably the name of the game this year was to adapt to the situation. I'm sure a lot of other people feel that way too. Just like, I don't know, living a new normal and kind of adjusting the lifestyle. Um, so yeah, I guess I was really worried at the start, but definitely like, it eased up after a while, but I'm sure it wasn't easy for a lot of people. For sure. And you live in Portland. So that's kind of your home base. And one thing you mentioned in your YouTube is that you were alone a lot for most of quarantine. So was that kind of a conscious safety decision or you, you really just got settled into like a new apartment. Is that's correct. Um, was it wasn't something that you're like, Oh, I want to be here. Or was it more of like, Oh, I'm, feel safe here and I just don't want to travel kind of thing because I know it impacted everyone super differently. Yeah. So I moved in to an apartment, a studio apartment last year around this time. So about a year ago now. And I moved in from a different place on the east side of Portland to downtown Portland. So it's definitely like a more expensive place. And I was just kind of last year my headspace was 2020 is gonna be my year, you know, it's gonna be everyone's year. Mm -hmm. Um I like wanted to go hard on the business side of things. I was planning to like travel to the trials, travel to all these track meets leading up to the Olympics, potentially even, even going to the Olympics. And yeah, so I was just like planning on it being a big year. I wanted to have my own space just because I don't know, I work from home obviously. So I just kind of wanted, um, like, I don't know, I had the ability to dirty up my kitchen without people worrying about it. I always feel bad, um, in that mm -hmm. side of things, but it, was not the year that I expected it to be. And it was definitely <laughs> no. not the year to decide to live alone. I am an extrovert and living alone in this apartment over the past nine months has been like just so difficult for me. I have never mm. lived alone ever. So it was just like kind of taking the risk, seeing how it went. 
Um, and I spent a lot more time in my apartment than I expected to. And it was just really hard to not see other people day to day. And then all of like the mm-hmm. track meets were getting canceled. I'm sure it was a lot harder for the athletes involved, but um, it was just kind of like the entire year just did not go to plan. And I was living in this huge like a studio apartment building with like, I don't know, basically feeling like I didn't know what I was doing. And I was just like decided to move for no reason. Like there was just a lot of doubts that went into my head. Um, especially like the first few months of quarantine and just not seeing one. I think it just really took a toll on my mental health and I found myself being so unmotivated day to day. And yeah, it was just really difficult. And I'm sure a lot of other people feel that way, especially if they live alone. Yeah, I'm pulling up a note here because there's something you said in you made this YouTube video recently kind of raw, somewhat scripted, but just kind of about like, your mental health experience over the past nine months. And a lot of it really resonated with me personally, because it was kind of like about this unstructured life. And being a content creator, a freelancer, um, it was kind of, you were talking about how, like, for example, like TikTok, you'd be on it for three hours and get sucked in or didn't want to get out of bed. And I think that during that the same time, like I didn't realize it was kind of like life was happening and the days were clicking by, but I, I definitely had those same thoughts of what am I doing? Things aren't moving. I mean, I shouldn't be doing anything else, but there was no, none of this like motivation and like energy and life that I feel like I needed and I missed, but I kind of felt like dead for two months almost. And it sounds like your experience in this kind of I don't know that April, May, like it was a pretty dark time. Um, yeah, I, would you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I feel the exact same way. I literally would be in my bed for hours, not doing anything, and I just had no motivation. And it, I, it just kind of was a huge cycle of like, <laughs> I don't know, just feeling bad about myself, numbing myself out with like watching content, being on TikTok for hours. Like I was on it for hours or like watching YouTube videos, which I'm, I'm a content creator (laughs) in in quotes or whatever, Mm -hmm. but I'm not a huge content consumer. Like when life is, you know, when I'm feeling like motivated and life is going well, I don't really spend a bunch of time like watching stuff because I find that it drains me. And often I like Mm -hmm. leave like applications or like I watch YouTube videos and I like leave feeling worse about myself, which I don't know if this is just me, but I feel like especially TikTok. Oh, 100% except for, no. Except for your content. There are like helpful people on there, but no, it's like, no. it's like watching. I um, totally agree though. Yeah. It's like watching the majority of TikTok videos. Like I would get off after three hours and be like, wow, I feel horrible about myself. And then I look at the clock. It's three hours later. I've done nothing for the day. It's like 4 PM. I'm like, okay, it's almost the end of the work day. And I'm like, I didn't even do any work today, but then I'm like, well, it's almost over. So then I would just stay in my bed and like, Oh, it's just like a bad cycle of just feeling unmotivated. It's kind of like negative thoughts and just being alone. Like I just had a lot more time to think and I'm not the best at being alone in that sort of like way. Like I need to have like roommates or friends to kind of like bounce ideas off of, or just like not be on my own head feeling bad about myself. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. It was For just sure. definitely a rough couple months. Yeah. The, the TikTok thing And I think this can kind of be applied to any other social media as well, where you just get sucked in, but it's almost like you don't have your own life when you're watching other people's lives. And there's something about like 
watching this style of video that makes you like have pangs of jealousy, but not inspiration to want to go out and do it yourself. And I definitely had that. And now like, I'm kind of, I go through, I'm kind of like a impulsive person too, where it's like, I'll binge and then be over it and move on. Like, so there was definitely that TikTok binge of like consuming and having all of it. And now it's just kind of boring where I'm like, I'd much rather be with people and living my own life and kind of having that. But I think during that time that we were all apart, it felt like we were all grasping at that as a kind of reason to hang out with each other. But it just, it was more negative than positive. That's kind of how I looked at it. Yeah. And it's like, I wasn't even thinking about it that way. When you're, when you're like watching stuff, you're not like, this is going to make me feel bad about myself. And it was like, unintentionally, you feel bad about yourself. <laughs> and I shouldn't speak for anyone else, but unintentionally, it makes me feel bad about myself. Like, like you said, it, oh, yeah. it sparks little pangs of jealousy, but then it just makes you, it made me feel like unmotivated to even do anything even more. Cause I'm like, oh, I couldn't live like that. Or like, they're having such a good time and I'm just here in my apartment alone. I don't, I don't know, but it was like unintentionally, I would feel bad about myself after. Like I wasn't going onto the app being like, I'm going to look at this like person's beautiful life and like make myself mm-hmm. feel bad about myself. It was like, I would just even be watching like just regular funny content. And I'd just get off being like, I feel bad. Like, I don't even know what it was, but I think just like not yeah. creating content kind of did that to me. Yeah, especially when that, that's who you are. Well, I kind of want to switch to the glow up because that is something that's so exciting. But one thing you also talked about was you are taking the steps to be the person you want to be. And I just love that quote so much because I think it's really obvious and like inspiring when someone does that. And that's kind of aspirational. So you just, I mean, let's call it the Emma glow up, but... <laughs> You kind of talked about how I'm calling it that hot girl Emma, but you kind of consciously made a decision that you're like, this is not 2020 is not going the way I want it to go. And a lot of people would be like, all right, wait till 2021 New Year's resolution restart. You're like, heck no, I'm starting now. I'm being the person that I want to be. Yeah. So I think like the reason I'm not started, like I didn't start in 2021 is because I know like dates don't change anything. Like I don't. I don't really believe in new year's resolutions. I'm like, why don't you just start now? You know? And I feel like I've had so many things like over the course of the year that I've just been like, Oh, I'll start on Monday. Oh, or I'll start, mm-hmm. I'll start doing core, you know, tomorrow. And it's like, I never do it. So I think I got to this point of, I was like, I'm so done, like feeling bad about myself, acting on these negative thoughts, you know, like, just sitting in my bed and doing nothing. Like I just felt like I wasn't really amounting to anything that I wanted to be. Like, I just know how much potential I have just in life, like my own personal life and like athletically too, is something that I've like really been down on myself over the past couple of years since graduating from college. And I was like, I just like, I want to better myself. You know, I want to actually make steps Mm -hmm. like to, like I said, to be the person I want to be rather than just like laying in my bed and being like, Oh, you know, this, I don't I don't even know like what a good example is, but I literally just hit a breaking point. And I feel like that's what kind of inspires a lot of people is like, you just hit this point where you're like, I cannot live like this anymore. So one day I just decided, I was like, okay, I'm going to stop wearing sweatpants. I had a conversation with my sister and her friend and, and they're like, dude, you should probably like just stop wearing sweats. And I was like, you know what? You're right. And the next day I was like, okay, I'm going to get dressed. I'm going to get out of bed, get dressed and like make myself look 
quote unquote good, like put on makeup, do my hair a little bit, which I, I don't even think I had really done all year, at least since quarantine started. And right mm-hmm. then, like I set the tone for the next couple weeks already. Like I could just feel the difference in my own like confidence level, just like getting up, getting dressed. And I just wanted to leave my apartment. And I was, and I hadn't felt that way in a long time. No reason to leave, you know, there's nothing to do. Everything's closed outside. I'm, I can't go see my friends, all this stuff. But I was like, I'm just going to leave my apartment. So I just walked out the door and went to go get coffee. And like, that just kind of set the stage for, I think the next couple of weeks of me just like feeling better about myself. Um, and just like, I don't know, I got more sleep because I just, I just want to make myself feel better. Mm-hmm. Like I just been treating myself so bad over the course of the year, like by not getting sleep, not drinking water, not eating the healthiest foods, mm-hmm. like not taking care of skin, leaving my apartment dirty. Like just because I felt like there was no point in anything because I'm not leaving the house. No one's mm-hmm. coming into my apartment, whatever. Um, but then I just decided to like, it just sounds so much easier when I'm saying it out loud now, but I just know how big of a like mental transformation it took. But I just started like mm-hmm. taking the small steps every single day to like live the life that I want to live, if that makes sense. That was such a long way answer a lot of the time I say these things I'm like I don't even know if any of this makes sense but no but I I mean I've read a lot so I watched the video I looked at the comments mainly because that's like my my go-to is to read the comments and there's people that have been feeling the same way and I think that there's these external societal pressures of I mean I personally feel it um going to the school that I went to, having the friends that surround me as like the 30 under 30, like, what have you accomplished? And one of the quotes that's resonated the most with me um, was another podcast guest, Natalia Petrozellis shared on her page, um, was learning like a book and it said, things of quality have no fear of time. And like the second that I saw that, it was kind of like this light bulb switch. It was like, well, who cares if there's not races? For me personally, it was like, what's your value as a professional runner if you're not racing? And I think once I decided that like I can provide value, it made that switch for me. And I still have the I have that same exact feeling that you do. Getting out of bed for me like these days is really hard. And like when especially when we weren't practicing as a team, it'd be like, okay, normally we practice at eight forty five or nine and then the run would get pushed back and then the day would get pushed back and then be no light anymore. So and I'm certainly not a morning person at all. And I think everything you said just like resonated so deeply with me. Cause I was like, okay, if the two of us are feeling this, there must be a whole lot of other people that are feeling this too. Yeah. When I posted that video, that was another video I was like nervous about posting because I was like, it was a pretty vulnerable video. You know, I've never shared, I feel like that deep, I guess, into my psyche um, and I just feel like people mm-hmm. have, like just have no idea what, when things like that are happening because social media is a highlight reel. It's like, yes, I post a lot about, you know, my personal struggles, but like, I don't really post the extent. And I feel like a lot of people are not posting mm-hmm. the extent of their day-to-day struggles. And I certainly was not throughout the year. Like I just kind of stopped posting on YouTube because I felt uninspired and that I had no purpose on the platform anymore. And like, no one wanted to watch me, mm-hmm. like just all these thoughts, which in turn, like I just acted on the thoughts. Like I just was like, okay, I'm, I have no purpose. So I'm not going to post on YouTube. And then I wouldn't post on YouTube. And then I like, that would stress me out because I was like, I'm becoming irrelevant. And then it's just like, all I don't know. It's just like mm-hmm. a cycle of it. And then I think that like one day where I was like, I need to stop living like this. Like I just started vlogging my life and I was like, I don't even care if anyone watches this, like creating content makes me feel good. And that's what I said in the video. I was like, I think everyone should have some sort of creative outlet that like 
makes them feel good because I think that really helps people's like mentality. I don't even know what it is. Like mine is creating, I don't know, food, pretty food or even just YouTube videos mm-hmm. or podcasts, but whether that's like art or music, I wish I was talented in, in those sort of ways. I feel like, it yeah, could, yeah I, really, I just feel like it could help like your mental state. So yeah, I don't know. It's just been a roller coaster and I was just really no- nervous to post that video, but just kind of like seeing the response. It was like the first time I posted that body image video. Like you just see how many other people are going through it too and that you're not alone. And I think it just, I don't know. I think it's nice for people to watch videos like that just to kind of see that they're also not going through it alone. And someone that they watch that may look like they have this perfect life is definitely not living a perfect life that they thought. For sure. No, and I, I think that there is one thing you talk about is kind of like, we hear it all the time. Social media is a highlight rule. You're only seeing the highs. You're not seeing the lows. And especially around these like events and blips, like you don't see the hard work. And one thing that um, came up for me was like this time last year I was injured and there was like a post like that came up from me a year ago. And like in the post, the text said like, I don't know if I think I'll ever be able to get back to where I was. Like, I'm feeling so bad. And I write like long, extensive posts. The same thing about you. I'm like, I don't really write this for anyone else. If you want to read it, go ahead. But it was one of those things I was saying a year later, looking back at that, I was like, I'm so happy that I recorded it and put it down somewhere just to see. Um, Do you ever go back and watch your old videos? Is that something that you do? That's honestly like one of the reasons why I wish I started earlier because I wish I had documented my entire like college journey just for myself. Like I wish I like even privated the videos. Like I just, I didn't need anyone else to watch it. Mm -hmm. It's just like cool to kind of see where I've like come from, I guess. And yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I won't say that I go onto my YouTube channel and go watch my own content that often, but the other day I did like go back and watch one of my old like Oregon racing videos. I think it was, um, gosh, what race was, I don't know, NCAAs or something from cross country my senior year. And just like seeing Mm. how much my life has changed since then. And like, I don't know, just how much I've changed as a person. It's very interesting to see. And I, like you said, it's just nice to like go back and kind of see like the documentation that you had and like the thought processes, I guess, that were going through your mind at the time. So Mm -hmm. that's another reason why I encourage people to create whatever that may be, because it's like always awesome to go back and see kind of what life was like during that time you know what is your balance now of creating around your friends so you mentioned like you like oh. your own apartment you make food we have a lot of mutual friends in portland and i haven't seen a lot of them in the, them in the videos these days it's mostly emma content <laughs> but judy pendergast harvard oregon crossover she used to be a big focus and now it's kind of like you are like the main person in your own story and obviously you have a ton of friends but how do you manage like bringing out the vlogging camera when you're doing fun stuff and is that something that's changed over the years yeah I mean when I first started like I was filming my day-to-day like life as a student athlete so it's like I had my teammates around me all the time and like that was Mm -hmm. a huge focus of my life and obviously now being like a young adult I live alone in Portland obviously um and I, I do find like it's, it's me, myself, and I. And I don't love to be the star of the show, you know? I, I loved mm-hmm. vlogging back in college because I just, I loved having, like, the little characters, aka my teammates, in the vlogs. Yeah, I, love I just them. loved, I don't know, it was just so much fun for me. And I, I still, like, want to have that. But I feel like, especially this mm-hmm. year, like, I just, it was me, myself, and I. It was the Emma show, which I find, like, it's not, it's not that 
great for me because I don't want to just edit myself all day long. You know, I love like filming other people mm-hmm. too. But what I found is like, I don't want to ever feel like my, like I'm using my friends for content. Like none of my friends are content creators mm-hmm. here in, in Portland. So I don't want to just like be hanging out with them and be like, all right, guys, time to broadcast your <laughs> life to thousands of people, you know? So it's like, I'm, I'm actually moving at the um, end of this month into a house with some of my friends. So like people are going to be on the channel more. Like I just know it. I'm going to make them be on the channel more. Um, yeah. But it's like, it's finding that contrast of like, okay, I'm not just using you. I promise. Like, I just want to kind of document my mm-hmm. life and it's just finding out who's comfortable on the camera. Um, and that's kind of what I found out in college yeah. too. Like which one of my teammates liked to be on camera who didn't like be on camera. And I just like, honestly, haven't felt as comfortable, like taking my vlogging camera out when I'm hanging out with like, as I'm getting to know my friends here in Portland. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I think now, like when I move in with them, it'll be a lot more content featuring them, but it's been the Emma show as of lately, but I do want to incorporate well, other people. So I do love the Emma show. It's great. I fully anticipated you getting a dog or something. I was like, when is it going to happen? There's going to be an animal in here. <laughs> no, I can't take care of a dog. I can't. I know. It's so good. No, I think um, one of the other fun things of being like, people in the running world especially is that you have a lot of friends who don't live in the same place as you and you see them at these big meets and events and that's certainly something that I've been missing and I used to have a joke I was like oh it'd be so much easier for me to date someone who lived in like Portland or Colorado than my own state because I never lived here and now going back to this reversal where we're all at home I'm like do I even have friends? Like, who are they? Who are my friends in my state? Uh, but yeah, I don't know. How have you dealt with like not seeing, not your Portland friends, but your extended running community? Yeah, it's been sad. Like, I just love going to these running meets. And though it's like, I'm on the other side, I'm like a media person. It's like, obviously these people that are like running professionally are, are still my friends. And whenever I went to the meets, I would go and like hang out with them. I'm pretty sure that's where you and I met at some running meet. (laughs) Oh, definitely through Nikki, like at USA's in Des Moines. Yeah. 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 So like meets like those, like they're so much fun. And that's one of the things I was really sad about, like not having the meets this year. Um, It's just really sad not being able to go and hang out with (laughs) friends. I am glad that I like moved to Portland last year because a lot of my friends are here in Portland now, which is nice. Like there is a huge running community mm-hmm. out here, but I think like if I live somewhere like, like California, which I did before, I would have been so lonely, like just not having any mm-hmm. of my running friends around. So I, I think I'm just really grateful that I moved um, in 2019 because it made friends a lot easier, but it's still been hard not being able to go and travel. Cause those are like where some of the best memories are made. <laughs> I know there's some, that is a part of the running circuit that I really wish. Um, one of the things when I was out here this summer with Nikki Helps and Murphy um, and Max Fleet, they were watching this show that was about like Formula One racing and it went, went behind the scenes and like made the characters like the true, like, I don't know, not real housewives. That's not a good example, but like the reality that you and I know of the professional running world, like the before and after and like how everyone knows each other and the relationships. Like, I think that would be so fun. Like no one would go for it, 
but I would love to see it. Okay, dude, I have literally been thinking about this for a year. I want to make like the running bachelor. Like, I don't know if like a bachelor or like a bachelor in paradise like type situation. Maybe it doesn't even have to be like romance based, though that I think that would make it really interesting. But I wanted to do like kind of a big brother type situation where we all like stick a bunch of runners in a house and just see how they interact. Like, I just think it would be so much fun to film a reality TV show around like the running world because it's so small knit and everyone knows each other. And I could just feel like there would be so much tea and fun friendships that would be made out of it. And I feel like the whole thing, you know, everyone's so interesting. Yeah, for sure. I know. It's one of those weird things that, like, once you strip away the sponsorships that everyone truly does know each other, but from the outside, it doesn't look like that. Yeah, I know. I know. That would be fun, though. Maybe one day. All right. Last little topic for you is kind of the big goals. What are they? Um, let's do this in categories. So athletically, not 2021, this point forward, what are your athletic goals? Yeah. So I have recently made the jump to triathlon training, which I'm super passionate about. I, I've been a competitive runner my whole life, but I decided this past year that I'm going to transition into triathlon, which I dabbled in swimming and used triathlons a long time ago, but 2021, I, basically just kind of want to like build my base. I mean, I'm taking quite a lot of time off. So it's just been 2020 has been like a big base building phase for me. And then next year I'm going to start racing, hopefully to earn my pro card, which means that I can race more uh, like in the elite races. Um, That's a pretty big goal, but I think I could do it as long as I put my head down. Um, And Mm -hmm. I'll be like racing the Olympic and sprint distances, maybe a 70.3, like a half Ironman but not the full Ooh. Ironman, just for some context. <laughs> yeah, well, there's definitely, a, that's a whole other world that I really don't know about. The endurance world has layers, and every longer and longer distance, it's more and more niche, and I don't I'm know. Honestly, like, about. I'm starting to get into the triathlon world, and it is very, I'm very curious about it. And there's not that many young people in it, so I'm like, all right, time to- <laughs> Yeah, my, my, Morgan Pearson, my friend, is the only person that I know in it, and I like try to understand, but then I'm like, keep moving. So I'm like, do you all compete against each other? It's very confusing. If you did have a video explaining how triathlon worked, I would watch. Yeah, it. <laughs> like Morgan does ITU racing, which is like a whole different thing compared to what I'm doing. It's it is very confusing, and honestly, I'm still confused, so I'm figuring it out. But that is a very good idea. I probably will do a video explaining the triathlon <laughs> world once I figure it out. <laughs> For sure. Okay uh let's do i guess podcast convos over cold brew started during quarantine how do you see that progressing what's the goal over there yeah oh my gosh i started that podcast and i was like i had i've wanted to start a podcast for a very long time this is another thing i was like okay maybe people listen maybe people won't and it's been like pretty great so far i mean i really enjoy talking as people probably can (laughs) get understand from this podcast but um, it's Love been it. very like running based over the past couple months since I started in May. And I definitely want to like branch out in 2021 to more like just general lifestyle. Like obviously I'm still going to have like runners in there because that's like my one true love. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I want to like, just kind of do people that inspire me overall, like whether that be like business oriented, triathlon related, like food related. Like I just, I kind of want to make it more lifestyle because I want to, just talk to more people and get their insight into like a general, I don't know, wellness lifestyle. But yeah, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it, honestly. And I, I definitely need to plan for the next year because it's coming in hot. 
coming in. Send it to all of social media. So YouTube, Instagram, whatever it is, you've got your personal pages popping off with the fits, um, the fashion, where, where you see all that going. My personal page is just a big mumbo jumbo of um, whatever I'm feeling like at the time, but my general social media, like I just want to post more consistently than I did this year. And I really want to document my triathlon journey because I know like in a couple of years, I'm going to look back on it and want to know like what I was going through my first real year, like racing triathlon. So I want to get like better content of me actually working out. Uh, Mm-hmm. That's something I've really struggled with. It's so hard with. to get when you're alone too. Yeah. It's really hard. Exactly. This year, like I just barely, I didn't get anything really because like, I, I was doing a lot of base training and was not working out with anyone. So next year I want to kind of outsource that and maybe have someone come film mm-hmm. me a couple of times. But yeah, just definitely more like getting into the YouTube stuff of like my own training and then food wise, I don't know, just keep posting like, good tasting recipes. I honestly like, that's just like my one favorite hobby is just posting food stuff. So mm-hmm. I don't really see that changing very much. I just want to keep posting every day on the, on the gram and doing what I eat in a days and all that sort of stuff. Working with fun brands. That's always fun. Yeah. I love that. Um, what kind of advice would you give for someone who is like wanting an aspiring content creator? <laughs> this is so cliche, but you honestly just need to like take the jump and go for it. Like you're never going to feel ready enough. I get so many people that are like, what camera do you have? What editing software do you use? I'm like, you don't need any of that. Like if you have a phone with a camera, like you can do it. Um, mm-hmm. Especially like I just started with my iPhone and I had iMovie on my computer and I did that for months and I just started like vlogging my life. And I'm not saying that you need to go start a YouTube channel or whatever, but just like start posting, posting about things that you're passionate about. And I don't know. It's just so fun to create content and create content that you like, like not try to fit a certain mold or anything. Just kind of like, I don't know, just start posting. It's just so much fun. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Just put yourself out there. Yeah. See where it's at. Okay. Last question is kind of unscripted life goal. What do you want to do? What's big? What's a, just a be happy, move on. I don't know. Like it's a, this is the big one of, 2021 is starting today. What is the number one thing you want Emma to be doing this time? Oh my gosh. I really want to start traveling more. I have really not traveled at all um, over my the course of my lifetime, obviously not over this past year, but I want to just see the world and like experience different cultures because I just feel like I'm just such in my little bubble, you know? And I feel like the world has so much more to offer than what I've seen. So I am excited to go travel more. Hopefully we can all do that safely next year at some point. But even if after that, I'm good with that. I just want to make sure, you know, in my lifetime, I see different parts of the world. I love it. Well, let's all pray for Tokyo 2021. Yeah, that too. I want the Olympics. I want to watch. Let's do it. Well, thank you, Emma, for being on the podcast. We're going to drop some YouTube and other ways to find you and follow you along the journey. So, yeah, here's to another good year. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. This was great. That does it for another episode of More Than Running with Dana. This episode was produced by Chris Chavez. 
You can contact me with any feedback, suggestions for guests, or just to connect and say hi at Dana underscore G-I-O on Instagram at Dana Geo. I love hearing from listeners and receive some great guidance on guests and what you want to get out of the show in the future. If you like the show, it's always greatly appreciated if you leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps some new people discover the show if it ends up on the top charts. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time with another story about how she is more than running. I only want a few close friends. The rest just pretend. Alternate people kissing in the stairwell. I want this day to end. Text my mama so I don't lose hope. I didn't learn anything I didn't know Always yelling, get off your phone Screw that, I'm going home Did you hear that end? Nah, I'ma take a zero Just call